Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tessa of Wrestling.com, joined by Robert D. Fleece to talk about Friday Night SmackDown and or the first night of the WWE Draft. Robert, how you doing? You know, Colin, I ain't even wearing sleeves, and that might be a mistake because it's getting a little drafty in here because we got night one of the draft. <laughs> wow. Wow. I don't know what to say to that. Um, well, it is, it is night one of the draft. It is draft season. It's also spooky season, the first day of October here. Happy spooky season to you as well, yes. So there we go. Um, but yes, before we talk about the draft here, I want to remind you all of this show, like everything we do here at Zone is available on uh, all of our platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, we've got you covered. So Robert, I, I was not expecting the draft to be so eventful tonight, I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I know that there was a report a while ago, they, they said they were going to try and, you know, make it more noteworthy than usual, but maybe I was a little cynical. I was like, all right, there might be like a big thing or two, but there were a bunch of big things, at least relatively. Uh, we had some NXT call-ups. We had some big names changing brands. We had the New Day getting split up again. Not happy about that. Well, I am we'll not happy about there. that either. You know, uh, well, uh, let's just start there. Let's, let's start there. You know, well, you want to start there? All right. Big E was first draft pick for Monday Night Raw on the men's side. Big E, Mr. Langston, as I like to call him. He's fantastic. I'm glad that he's there. He's with his friends, except he's not with his friends. Because later on in the evening, SmackDown drafts Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston again. This is a mistake. This is a mistake. This is like you have an opportunity to rectify the wrongs and right the wrongs. And what you do is you just make more mistakes. I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't want to see it. But here we are. Biggie's by himself again on Monday nights. Two years in a row, the New Day has been split up in the draft. And sure, they will say that they are still together in spirit and, and, and supporting each other and being a united front. But, you know, by and large, for all intents and purposes, they are separated at the very least. And we've been really, I know I've been really enjoying this kind of reunion tour they've been on. They had the, the six-man tag, extreme rules, which was a lot of fun. They faced the bloodline. Uh, uh, but I guess that was, what, two weeks ago on Raw. So it's been really fun to have them back together and just you know, enjoying the power of positivity there. And, and they'll now they'll, they'll try and spread that separately, but it's, it's definitely a bummer. It's just like, you know, to me, the draft is usually this time of change. <laughs> yeah, the, and... the power of positivity, but yet we're left with nothing but negative feelings. Very yeah. nice. I mean, trying to be optimistic about it. Um, I guess it's good for the new day going over to SmackDown, shaking it up. Uh, for now, who knows what Monday will hold. For now, SmackDown has the, the Street Profits, the Usos, uh, Alpha Academy, Dirty Dogs are still there. And we had we saw some interaction there with an eight-man tag tonight between those teams. Um, not seeing a whole lot of other positives beyond that. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how well, Big E being by himself, but as the champion, but, you know, yeah. You know, I, I don't see the Street Profits staying either because along with Big E, first picks of the night, Bianca Belair gets drafted to Monday Night Raw. Right. And Bianca Belair and Montez Ford are an item. And while couples don't have to stay together, traditionally they tend to like keeping couples together. Yeah. So I I would think that's fair to expect. I know Angelo Dawkins gave an interview recently where he was saying, like, if they do get split up, he's looking forward to showing what he can do as a singles because we haven't really seen him by himself on the main roster and really in the past several years. Ever, back, ever. Yeah, right? like, that I can recall. So I that'd mean, be something. When Dawkins was single, Dawkins was in developmental and not on TV. Right. So we've never seen Dawkins just 
live his best life as a singles competitor. Now they can just draft Montez Ford over to Raw. Uh, you know what I would do? Then I'd put Dawkins with the, the Alpha Academy because he's a great technical wrestler. Yeah, maybe something. Um, I don't know if it's the right time yet. I think, you know, there's still a lot the Street Profits can do if you move them over to Raw. Uh, you know, that could be quickly become one of the top teams on Raw there. You got RK Bro there. They, RK Bro is staying on Raw. We know that. They got drafted tonight. So, I don't know. There, there might be some, some fun they could do That's with that. That's a shame. I got to tell you, Roman Reigns or Andy Orton would have been a match I would like to see. It's true. I mean, hey, who knows? We, we've seen a little more crossover in these past couple of weeks with, uh, you know, Raw and SmackDown kind of, you know, collaborating a little more of Roman Reigns going over to Raw here and there. So who knows, right? But maybe maybe next year, we can say. Uh, Speaking of go- Roman, we did this backwards. Roman Reigns was the first overall number one pick. As he should be. Which should be. be the surprise of no one. And as you may notice, they broke from tradition. In the last two years, the rule has been Raw gets three picks, SmackDown gets two, and as such, Raw gets the first pick overall. But obviously, Roman Reigns had to be the first pick overall, so they just bucked tradition there because if Roman Roman Reigns Reigns wasn't the first pick, yeah, like that would be foolish on the in-canon executives of Raw and SmackDown uh, or of uh, Fox and USA because why wouldn't your network want the hottest guy in the promotion? And, and Fox got him, SmackDown got him, and he got a promo right then and there saying, like what he said, as the shirt says, we the ones in the camera zoomed in on the back of his shirt that had that very catchphrase or, or slogan, we the ones, because uh, he is the number one overall pick. Then we had Brock Lesnar come out after a promo where uh, Paul Heyman called the Baltimore crowd a bunch of Baltimoreans, and as a native of Baltimore, I took that a little personally, but that's yeah. okay. And Listen, you guys have great crab cakes. It's it's perfectly <laughs> fine. You've got great seafood. You're not Baltimoreans. Listen, Paul Hanna was a little off today. He also tried to, uh, he said, Crown Jewel wouldn't be held in Suplex City and that Roman Reigns is the suplexorcist. That's, and I, I, that's uh, a bit much. And I love Paul Hanna, but the suplexorcist doesn't is a little silly. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, that line came about because uh, we are less than a week removed from a very weird ending to Extreme Rules where the top ropes broke and uh, in the process slayed the demon Finn Balor and let Roman yeah. Reigns retain the title in a very bizarre turn of events. So that is why uh, Paul Heyman called uh, Roman Reigns uh, the suplexorcist in that way because he, he exercised the demon, he's going to exercise uh, the, the mayor of Suplex City, if you will. Uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, there was definitely some divine intervention in that, that suplexorcism because now we're just gonna now we're just gonna use it. That's what, right? that's that's what they're trying to play it off as. I think it was Pat McAfee commentary said like, oh, uh, it must have been some as you just said, Robert, some some divine intervention and somehow um, where some some higher power struck Finn Balor down because they did not want the demon to win the WWE Universal <laughs> Championship. Yeah, the higher power is Vince McMahon. <laughs> He struck some dollar all the way down, you know. I uh, got that right. My gosh, oh. I like it. I like it. It's it's all good. Uh, you know, wasn't the best ending to the pay per view, but a really strong start to SmackDown. But we weren't done with the draft there because we had Charlotte Flair, the that was Raw a weird one. Women's Champion, as the first overall women's pick of the draft going to SmackDown. Now, logically, 
Logic dictates this was a good move. We're left to assume that Becky Lynch was not draftable, right? So if you can pick from a certain list of eligible superstars, who do you go with but the queen? I think that's a very logical move on behalf of Fox. Very dumb move on behalf of the USA Network to not lock up Charlotte Flair. Yeah, I this struck me as pretty weird. And it's just, I was thinking about it throughout the night. There's there's not a real like winning way to go about this draft format. They announced just before the show the official draft rules. So basically half of the roster will be eligible tonight. Half of it will be eligible on Monday, which is fine. That's fine. Uh, but the draft will not take effect. Whatever changes we see will not take effect until October 22nd, the day after Crown Jewel. So You know what this says to me? What? One of the matches in Crown Jewel will definitely be Big E facing a newly drafted SmackDown superstar for the WWE Championship. Brock Lesnar is a free agent, so if he beats Roman Reigns, the title is ah, I can't speak. Effectively in limbo, and Brock Lesnar can just do whatever Brock Lesnar wants to do, and that's the way they're going to try to play it off. Right now, one third of the SmackDown Women's Championship match at Crown Jewel will be a Raw superstar in Bianca Belair. So maybe that's the move here. Uh, there, there's a lot they can do. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you've got Becky Lynch not getting drafted tonight. Uh, we have, and as you just said, uh, Belair is going over to Raw. Um, as Banks. We, yeah, Banks, who even knows, but I would assume she'll probably wind up on SmackDown at this point. But it is worth noting, you know, for the historical precedents last year, the Street Profits and the New Day simply swapped the tag titles. So, so maybe we're in for a, a, a similar uh, exchange this year with Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, if that's how it does go down. That'd be so silly, though, you know? Oh, okay, I get I get blue now. I get red now. It's like, well, then what are you fighting for? Shouldn't you guys just be friends? Like, if all you know is that on any given day, you could just swap the belts for different colors. Shouldn't you guys be cool with one another and not fight each other at Star Series? I mean, Becky and Charlotte seemed on somewhat amicable terms at the end of the night. Charlotte came yeah. out after Becky helped Sasha Banks defeat uh, Becky Belair in a WrestleMania rematch. Uh, Becky was like uh, uh, at ringside on commentary, excuse me. Uh, and then Charlotte came out having already been drafted to SmackDown, wanting to stake her, you know, claim to the, the to the throne as the you know, number one woman's champion on the brand. You know, she she laid both women out while Becky was still over on commentary and they kind of posed off at each other uh, rather than fighting or anything. So maybe some, some mutual respect uh, uh, in some capacity with that, with that ending there. Well, you know, when they're on the same page, they like to drink tea together and they, this felt very, very, they could be two egotistical women just sharing a, a nice spot of tea. And uh, that's, what, that's the vibe I got here. Perhaps. So, but it is what I mean, because of that, even if you take Charlotte out of the picture uh, before the show tonight, it was I think this afternoon, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, they did they did announce Belair versus Banks versus Lynch for Crown Jewel. And so it's interesting is that to me, it actually feels like they're really treating Crown Jewel as this pretty big event. We've got Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Now we've got this triple threat match. It increasingly feels like we're going to get uh, Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley over on the Raw side of things. Uh, so all like I remember, you know, it, it was Super Showdown two years ago where they said that it'll be a WrestleMania equivalent event, and like this time around, it actually kind of feels like it. Like it feels like a no, pretty no, darn no, big no. deal. It's 
it is equal or exceeding WrestleMania. Right. You got to get it right. Listen, it's equal or exceeding. The Saudi Arabian people get all the big matches. They got Shawn Michaels. They got uh, they got Goldberg and The Undertaker. Bad as it was, they got it. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of which, sometimes I really feel like when you're doing these big matches, these people should be as safe as possible. I think Brock Lesnar is one of those guys who he's not going to, you know, break a sweat going to Saudi Arabia. I think he knows a wee bit better than that. Yeah. So, and then it makes sense. You know, we, we've talked about it before, but a guy like him, he probably sees the, the big paycheck. It's like, Hey, like I'll, I'll take that. And then who even knows what happens next? If Roman went, if Roman wins and then Brock kind of, goes back to his farm or whatever, like I'm sure like, he'd be fine with that. But if he sticks around, that's great too. So, uh, but speaking back of, of the draft, you're definitely plenty more to dig into. Uh, we did have some NXT participation tonight where Hit Row is officially coming to SmackDown. And Rob, not I'm curious to know move, what you think about that. Not the move I thought. I thought they'd go to Raw. We knew we were getting Hit Row because uh, that was all the rumors by people like Andrew Zarian of Matt Men Podcast. And I, you know, even Mike Johnson, maybe even Sean Rossap. I, I know that Hit Row was a desired move. This is a smart pick. Again, Fox is just intelligent. That's that's the vibe I get from the Canon Fox executives. Fox is intelligent because they got Roman, they got Charlotte, they got four picks of NXT people in one move by getting Hit Row. So Fox is intelligent. I like this move. I think personally, Swerve Scott is the only one ready to wrestle. Yeah, on a full-time basis. But I like this move. Todd Dalla, who hotter than Todd Dalla? Not Nala. I like B Fab. B Fab is, you know, of an era gone by, in my opinion. But it works. Like it, it just works with the whole package they have going on. And honestly, I can't wait to see what they do on Friday nights. I mean, John Clark and I talk about it every week on the NXT post show. Like, neither of us really get it. Like, this this weird, or at least it's remarkable how quickly this, this group has risen, where they, they kind of came together in May. Swerve Scott won the title at the very end of June. And now it's just uh, right here recording October 1st. And they're already debuting on SmackDown, or they're getting, they got drafted to SmackDown. Um, and for weeks, John and I just like, we, we haven't, gotten it we're like why like we don't understand like and i've like understood kind of on paper like why they're so like they're popular people like them they're charismatic they got swagger but like as far as scott's great in the ring i think he's fantastic i really like him as a wrestler but something that's not like clicking for me their promos like i don't know i mean and i i i guess i in a way i, I prefer them going to smackdown because we talked about i think a little bit last week or the last time we did the show where the smackdown team uh, creatively tends to like I don't want to say they're. I don't want to just, uh, openly say they're better, but you've got Roman and other things like that. Whereas Raw, not always as much of like, not you don't have as strong of an example of, of of something that has been really good, like in terms of the Roman quality. So I kind of hope that they'll be able to kind of take it row and make it work, and maybe kind of I don't know refine it and make it even better than it has been on NXT, but that wasn't the only NXT involvement we had tonight on the draft because Austin Theory is heading back to Raw, so that's fun. I'm not really sure what to expect there, but the guy's got a lot of potential. 
But, uh, you know, I've, I'm sure we'll, we'll see some other NXT people drafted to Raw and or SmackDown on the second night of the draft on Raw. Uh, but, you know, there's definitely plenty of other things to dig into. We know the Edge is going over to Raw, and I bring that up because tonight we saw Seth Rollins invade what appeared to be Edge's house, and this man drank Edge's orange juice, he ate his apple, he insulted oh, his shoulder. By the way, oh, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's, let's go back here a little bit. Real quick, Austin Theory should have never left Raw, but that is what it is. You know, uh, he's back for good now. Um, who eats an apple with orange juice? That just seems very strange to me. <laughs> it's like a weird combo. Yeah. I guess if you want the best of both worlds. But also... Who, who leaves their door unlocked when they're not home? Dumb what kind move, of irresponsible man. cameraman is just following this trespasser, this this lawbreaker, this delinquent in this man's home as he just sort of rolls around on his furniture, insults his children, call the police? You know, like a very weird, very weird vibe from seth rollins here i've used the word vibe about five times today i'm gonna i'm gonna stop doing that um on paper i liked it right i I liked what they're going for but yeah if you bring in some of those logical uh, considerations like the fact that there was a cameraman but they left the door unlocked um yeah, it starts to fall apart a little bit, but I, I liked it. For me, it reminded me of uh, Triple H and Randy Orton from back in the day, but that was right around at WrestleMania 25. You know, it's it's really kind of heats up the storytelling, and it's like this man's evading the other guy's house. Like, that's a big deal, and I, I'd have to imagine that even with uh, Edge heading over to Raw, that we will get this match at least one more time before that happens. I, I don't necessarily see Rollins heading over to Raw, but, although we could, but uh, I guess that also, as we were talking about a little bit earlier with Montez and Bianca, maybe if if Becky gets drafted raw, like, I don't know. I'd be interested to see how, how, all, how the cards kind of fall there. But um, I thought this was fun. And maybe- well, now, if Rollins, now that would make sense, though. If Rollins and Becky go over to Raw, Becky and Charlotte just swap. Rollins has some fresh air on Monday nights. Edge, but that means you just, uh, for the second year in a row, you just shifted Rollins' feud from one show to the other. Like they did last year with a uh, Ray, right? But that's open. I I wouldn't be totally opposed to that. I, I think I, Monday Night fits Rollins better personally. The Monday Night Messiah, yeah. Monday Night Rollins. I think it just works better. I agree. I just I really I don't want them to sw- to swap the titles again, especially not to bury the tag titles. But this, these are the women's titles, like the the main women's championships. So like that'd be. I don't think that'd be a good look just to have them again. Would we hand them over? Be like, all right, here, as you mentioned earlier, just to swap the, the brand colors for the sake of, I don't know, brand allegiance like that. that I don't, I wouldn't, well, I don't they, want to see that. If it's Charlotte and Bex, they can do the whole, hey, this is only for now. I will kick your ass for this later. Yeah. Um, I, I just think that it would be it just, I can I can see the, the tweets now. People like people were really down on the tag title swap last year. And again, this these are the main women's championships, and I think that'd be even more of a, a I, I dare I say a misstep where it's like you know then you're really really kind of you know. Uh, uh, but t- they're all props, right? I mean, like somebody out there is gonna say it. The belts are props. Oh, you're on the red show now. He <laughs> he, you need this one. Okay, I'll see I'll see you in November. 
Bye. Like that's, that's what they do. Like it's look, they, they messed up the draft from minute one when they put the raw champion on SmackDown and then they split the new day. They they're uh what do you call that? They're really playing from behind the eight ball here. Yeah. And hopefully the second night of draft will kind of salvage some of these missteps. It it's just gonna get worse. <laughs> I, I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm an optimist at fault but while, while we wrap up a little bit here we do have a couple more names to run through because we do know that Drew McIntyre and Jeff Hardy are both moving to the blue brand from Monday Night Raw um, and I think both of those moves are logical uh, if not predictable let me tell speaking. you I think one of these two men are fighting Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble I think both men are great baby faces. Quite frankly, Jeff is a phenomenal baby face. He can have a wonderful program with Roman. If you do TLC in December, that's your match. That's That'd be cool. Like, Jeff Hardy is Mr. TLC. Roman Reigns is the tribal chief. All right, chief, you want to play? We can play in my playground a TLC match. I just wrote your TLC feud. You're welcome. Like, that's like. Jeff Hardy is too good to be twiddling his thumbs in the 24-7 division. Uh, Drew McIntyre, I do believe, will be fighting Biggie Langston for the WWE Championship at Crown Jewel. And they can tease the idea of Drew could bring this to SmackDown and Raw would be left without a champion. Not going to happen, man. Like, but I, to me, this is, as I said before, with the draft itself and now some of these things kind of uh, spinning out of it, you know, there's not a perfect way to go about it because on Raw this past week, we ended with McIntyre confronting Biggie after the main event match, kind of setting that up. Where and then that was surprising in itself because largely the feeling had been among pretty much the whole roster. The one guy you could kind of expect to move was Drew McIntyre because like he's done everything he can for the most part on Raw. So now you have that potentially at Crown Jewel could be a very good match, could be a cool story. But Big is not going to lose the title. He does got He is staying on Raw. We know that. Uh, he does. He's not going to have the new day. He's not going to lose the title to McIntyre, who's going over to Raw, or sorry, who's going over to SmackDown, because we know, especially the Reigns is staying on SmackDown. And other than like the, to me, what is a small possibility that Brock Lesnar could win the the Universal Title, and as you as you mentioned earlier, then he's afraid to. He could kind of in theory kind of uh, be a man without a brand and kind of you know have the title on both brands or something. I just, I don't see it. So then you kind of take some of the, sh- the shine off of these matches where um, th- that one with with uh, potentially Biggie and Drew, we do know that Roman will facing Brock Lesnar. There's a little more unpredictability there, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's not ideal. I'll say. I would agree. You know, and uh, again, I think crowns will be a lot of fun, perhaps more than more than I'd expected it to be. But now to me, there's just something so, weird about the the, the draft effect uh the, the draft change is not taking effect until the 22nd where we'll learn about them now that's pretty much three weeks ish uh, of tv and and then crown jewel and then the draft take effect like why like why now in a way like it's just it's a little weird to me to have that uh to have the two things kind of line up like that but i'm not i'm not the guy in charge so it doesn't really matter but um one one decision that i do like uh we do know that next week the season premiere quote unquote for smackdown will kick off the King of the Ring tournament and the uh, the Queen's Crown tournament, both of which have been uh, reported for months now, but now they are officially official, for lack of a better word. So we know that they'll be kicking off next week. And other... I, hmm? It feels very good that after years and years and years of 
people complaining and I, it's the wrong word people asking for a queen of the ring you get the queen's crown i think i'm going with carmella that's my instinctive pick and for king of the ring i think it's jinder mahal but we'll find out starting next week and it will be across both brands so that'll be a lot of fun to watch not sure if I agree with the picks, but it definitely will be a lot of fun. And it's always fun to kind of uh, speculate and kind of think about who might emerge victorious in the brackets. And it's almost like much madness, like make a bracket and see, you know, kind of follow through with it and see how it goes. But it's always a fun time. It's a, it's a very uh, organic way to kind of get someone over, to kind of give someone a hot streak, or on the other hand, maybe kind of, you know, maybe someone give someone a cold streak and bring them back down a little bit. Uh, but like it's gonna be a fun time. It's good. those the, having both tournaments kind of simultaneously will be uh, it will make both Raw and SmackDown feel more dare I say meaningful in the weeks ahead. As, as uh, another port uh, had had stated that the tournaments are expected to wrap up at Crown Jewel. I'm not sure if that's still the plan, but that had been uh, yeah. Well, I'm interested point. in that because you're telling me we could see two women's matches in Saudi Arabia. That is history, Colin. That is the first time ever, and you know they like that phrase. So I'm interested to see if we actually get that. Me too, man. I think it'll be, uh, make that, as I said, it's Crown Jewel shaping up to be a special show. And then with that possibility of having two women's matches, I think that'd be very darn cool. So wrapping up here, first night of the draft, Robert, uh, I guess kind of weighing with weighing in the, uh, the draft moves that we saw on top of some of the matches we saw, we've been focused a lot on the moves we saw, but overall here, what do you think of the show tonight? Show was good. Uh, just to cover some of the, Move we didn't talk about Madcap Moss because people gosh. just can't have regular names anymore. He's got Madcap, he's got Mad Capital. See, I, I, I understand I'm hip to the lingo, kids. You know, like, I, I it's fine. Riddick Moss deserves a push. Uh, and you know, Bearcat Lee still on Raw, yay. Uh, for the most part, a lot of questionable moves and a lot of major names yet to be drafted yeah. no no bliss no becky no uh, banks no a lot of top people really like we didn't even see you know what about a guy like harry smith he hasn't been drafted yet what about a guy like uh you know uh, an ali who's out here having fun with uh mansoor or where's shane thorne he's He's over there playing knifey spoonie. With, Talking uh, about major names are bringing up Shane Thorne. My yeah. gosh. Uh, he's what, over what, there what playing knifey spoonie. I want to know where the Australian is going to land. All right? That's what I want to know. Slapjack uh, was arguably the, the greatest, worst character of all time, and I will not hear otherwise. But uh, definitely, in actuality, some major names did not go drafted tonight because Madcap Moss got drafted ahead of Becky Lynch, got drafted ahead of both mid-card champions and again like i said there's no ideal way uh with this draft format to have like a you know this per- there's no there's no perfect answer like because you have that and then you need you need to save some names for raw i understand that so that you don't want you know this one night of the draft to kind of have all the big moves and then have guys like uh shane thorne and, and whatnot be the big moves on night two but still it, it, it comes across as pretty weird to have both no champions. kevin either like kevin was on the show but yeah you know could he just stay undrafted and then just sort of live in limbo until he his contract expires? 
perhaps. You know what I really was- want to see, Robert? I want to see an actual like free agency story where someone doesn't get drafted uh, and there's either um, maybe the brands try to recruit them. I think that'd be more ideal because usually more often than not, it's, we see people that get, are undrafted are main event, like the, the main event show level people, you know, like, like a, I don't know. And right here and now, I'd say like a Mace or T bar or something like that. But like, you know, or a I like Dorado or like a. Yeah, but I, I like the idea of Kevin Owens or, or someone kind of in that range, uh, in that range, and like having both brands recruit them, being like, hey, you know, you should come to our brand because we want you and, and whatever. And it feels like we haven't really seen a lot of that, um, especially since the draft came back in 2016, let alone the past two, two, three years. Um, I think that's pretty darn cool. So hopefully, I think of- we will see one with Naomi. Actually, I think we will see Naomi go undrafted. She got drafted think- tonight. Did I miss that? What did yeah. Naomi? She, I think she was the final round. I'm gonna look at it right now just to make sure I'm not making something up. Uh, round four, Naomi to SmackDown because the had said like, "Oh, this definitely isn't my pick." But um, and that yeah, must so have been the time that I was tweeting about why did they draft the New Day away from <laughs> Big E? Yeah. I might have missed that. That's that would have been a good one, though. That would be a good that's, one. To that's have. a shocker. And even more of a reason that the Usos need to get drafted to SmackDown, but I kind of think that they end up on Raw just because uh, Roman Reigns made the comment of if you guys don't get drafted on Monday to SmackDown, I want you to leave Paul Heyman for dead over on Raw. Yeah. You know, I'm curious to see what happens there. That wonderful love triangle slash soap opera continues to unfold, and it's a very fun time. Uh, so we can look forward to night two of the draft here. And John Clark and I will have all coverage of that on Monday night for our post show there. Otherwise, the Diamond Dudes Rampage cover all things AEW. They, they think they'll have a show, a new one this weekend. Uh, otherwise, here, uh, John Clark and I will be back here on Tuesday for NXT. And beyond that, we've got a great stream of interviews. Constantly coming at you guys. Uh, Bill Burns recently interviewed CM Punk, Paul White, TJP. More than that, I can't even think you imagine. Uh, I interviewed Shane Taylor last week. I've got, I interviewed Matt, Matt Cardona yesterday. That should be Yeah, hold on. Right. No, no. Let's talk about it. You interviewed the Deathmatch King, Matt Cardona, one of your favorite wrestlers. My all-time favorite wrestler. Your Let's all-time get favorite here. wrestler. Wow. Congratulations to you. Thank you. Man. I hope to God he made you broski of the week. Uh, and you know i'm very i'm very happy for you and everybody needs to check out wrestlezone on all podcast platforms and keep staying tuned to what we got because we got it all and it's only going to get better from here got that right so all that being said here eventful night one of the draft at the very least hopefully night two will be hopefully i mean i can hope it'll be better but hopefully it'll be at least as eventful, you know, it's always good to have stuff to talk about, but regardless, we're here to cover it. And in the meantime, whichever company you support, whichever brand you root for, whichever, whatever you like, it's important to do the one thing we do here at Dress the Zone. And Robert, can you tell me what that is? Enjoy wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.